Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. A biblical picture of a good woman. We've read the passage there in 2 Kings chapter 4. And every time I read verse 26, I wonder what kind of answer I'd give. Is it well? Uh, it'd be easy to say it, but would, be, would I be able to say it from my heart? Yeah, it's well with me, Lord. And that's the answer she was able to give. And this morning as we get started, uh, here's a few questions I'd like to ask you. Are you content with God's will in your life? Uh, with where you are? How about what He has allowed or permitted into your life? Or maybe what he has not allowed into your life or not permitted uh, to take place. I want to encourage you just to hold on to those thoughts for a few moments as we go forward in this message. Because today we're going to consider a woman whose heart, I believe, was right with God. And she was facing some difficult circumstances. But she had a heart after the Lord. And she was able to continue. As mothers, there are going to be times you face some difficult circumstances. Some trialing situations. But I believe with God in your life and you looking to God that you can find strength to continue. Now this morning I hope and pray that we can all get something out of this passage. Not just mothers. Uh, I like to tell everyone else today, even if you're not a mother, to, it doesn't mean we get to sit back and just say, oh, this is for you. I think we can find something here for us. Each of us can find something from the scriptures. And so uh, today let's talk about the biblical picture of a good woman. As far as the outline for those taking notes, uh, I want to share with you three thoughts today. I want to point out first that this good woman had problems and fears. Okay. Just because you're right with God does not mean you'll be exempt from any troubles. And we're going to see that she had some problems and fears. But we're also going to see that she had patience and fortitude. And in the very end, this is probably the key here, she had what we would call practical faith. Faith that was lived out and practiced. And that's what we need this morning. All of us need faith and faith in the Lord. So let's get into this passage here. Uh, I want to point out that this good woman had what I would call problems and fears. Uh, the passage itself tells us some of her problems. And the, the first thought I'll give to you is probably the, the tragedy we all have to deal with at times, and that's death. Death of a friend, death of a loved one, death of a family member, uh, death of someone you care about. Sometimes it's, uh, I, I'm under the belief that you can never be completely ready for it, even if, even if you know that someone is nearing the end of their life on earth. When it happens, it's still difficult to deal with. Uh, but then there are times it happens suddenly when we're un completely and it's still something we have to deal with uh, death really is a something that is a trial in this world today and good people are not exempt from this and what I mean by that is I'm sure all of you know that you have someone that has had to deal with this and you yourself have probably have friends or family that are have gone into eternity and that's what I want you to notice to begin with she was blessed with a son the Bible tells us this blessed with a son it was a miracle for her and her husband and what a wonderful blessing this must have been for the house to have a child and to see that child grow up, a young boy. And apparently from what we read here, this boy was healthy. There were no issues as far as his health uh, growing up, at least none that uh, we are told of. And so I imagine he had a normal childhood. Uh, it seems or appears that he was loved and that he was cared for. He had a good family. 
Uh, he had a dad who was working, a dad who probably loved him. He had a mom who cared for him. And I can tell you this, he probably was a boy. Those of you that raised boys, you know what I mean. Probably was a boy full of life, full of energy, full of excitement, ready to go, ready to take on the world. Uh, and unfortunately, as far as the passage is concerned, that life was cut short. That's what we find. The life was short. Uh, it tells us here that he was out working with his dad. It says here, let's look at 2 Kings chapter 4. It says here in verse 18, And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. Uh, and then he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to, the lad, or said to a lad, uh, Carry him to his mother. Uh, it appears that he went out there and was helping or being part of the work. And while he was there, uh, cried out to his dad, He's very... Uh, almost emotional, Dad, my head hurts, my head hurts. Uh, leads some to believe that it may have been sunstroke or heat stroke that may have taken his life. We're not certain, but he was sent home. And, and by the way, his dad did exactly what you would do during that time. There were no hospitals, no emergency rooms. Uh, he sent him back home for his mother to care for and to look after. And she did. She did. She cared for him. The Bible tells us that he passed that afternoon. By, by noon, by lunch, he had died. And so the tragedy in this situation came quickly. It was sudden. But let me just remind you of something. Life is short. One's life is short. Uh, None of us is guaranteed tomorrow. If we really want to get down to it, none of us is guaranteed the next five minutes or even the next second. Every breath you take is a blessing from God that you have life. Praise God for your life. Uh, I'm going to go over to the book of James chapter 4. If you're taking notes, I'm going to read James chapter 4. Verses 13 and 14. Because in this passage, we're reminded of the shortness of life and the importance of understanding that. It says here in verse 13 of James 4, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. But notice verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. You know, the the point in this passage is we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Uh, We should say, Lord willing, I'll do this. If it's the Lord's will, I'll plan for retirement. If it's the Lord's will, I'll do this next week. Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Praise God for today. Thank the Lord for the the life you have. Uh, You know, live life... I think, live life to its fullest. Now, I'm not talking about worldly pleasures or seeking after things of the world. I'm talking about living unto God while you have the time. Seek the Lord today and be saved, obviously. Uh, You know, you may not be guaranteed tomorrow. Make sure you're saved today. Make sure that you understand you're a sinner. Make sure you know that uh, because of that sin, you've been separated from God. And the next step is important. That you accept the gift of salvation that he freely offers. And that's Jesus Christ. Uh, In other words, that you understand you're a sinner. You repent of your sin. You turn uh, from your sin. You turn to God. You put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. Uh, Not just knowledge, but right here. Right here in your heart. You believe on Christ as your Savior. Not as your spouses or your parents, but as your Savior. And be saved today. Make sure you're saved. Uh, You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Don't put off... Uh, tomorrow to what needs to be addressed today. So I hope and pray everyone here is saved. If not, get that settled. And then afterwards, make sure you're living for the Lord. Uh, The thought I have here is if you knew this morning you had one day or one week or one year to live, if you you knew it, uh, I imagine priorities would be different. 
All of us, even myself, I know I would probably prioritize. I can tell you this, people probably become more important than things. A lot more important. And it should be that way anyway. We should have a focus on people, friends, family, and living unto God and being a blessing to them. So what we find here is this good woman here as far as death, she, she had to deal with this. And there may be some here this morning that you're having to deal with that in the past year. And it's something that, secondly, is a disappointment. I guarantee it was a disappointment to her. Okay? In that moment, her life changed. Now, those of you that have buried a child, you know what I'm talking about. Someone once said that parents uh, should not have to bury children. But it happens. And when that happens, uh, hopes are usually dashed for the young child, whether it be a boy or girl. The hopes of the future, the hopes of uh, doing this or doing that, they're, they're just kind of set aside and it, and it happens in an instant. Or how about the hurt that settles in to the heart? You know, you lose a child and all of a sudden the hurts, something's missing in the house. Something's missing in the life. And then, of course, you think of all the, the changes. The house is quiet now. It's not the same. Uh, this passage here makes me want to hug my children, to be honest with you, even when they're ornery. Thank God for the life that they have. And praise God for them. And if you have children this morning, moms, thank the Lord for your children. And if God gives you children, thank the Lord for them. Thank the Lord for the blessings that they can be in your life. Uh, what, she, what would she do? This passage here, what's she going to do now? Her child has died. It's clear. The Bible tells us that he had died. Uh, where would she turn? Now, life is filled with disappointment. I'll tell you that. Life is filled with disappointment. And some uh, of your disappointments may be similar to this woman here. But maybe not. Maybe there's some other disappointments in your life. Uh, and they're still difficult because they're your disappointments. Something you may have put stock into or something you may have looked to. Something you may have hoped for uh, and you've been let down. And you may have some of the same questions and concerns that she might have had. What am I going to do? How do I go forward? What, do I, what direction do I go? And I'll tell you this, what you do with that is important. Okay, and that leads me to my next thought. And this is what she did. We find a good woman who had patience and what I would call fortitude. Okay, she went the right direction. She went the right way. Uh, what I mean by that is, first off, she did not quit. And she didn't take the problem just to the world or to whoever else she could find. She immediately went out to find God and his help. Now, I know she went after Elisha. That's who she's looking for. But keep in mind, this is the Old Testament. We find Elisha was the prophet of God. He's the one who, was, who had given the promise from God concerning the son to begin with. And so she knew, i got to find the man of God. i got to go to this prophet because he's the one who can go to the Lord for me. So she's looking for help from God is where she's going. And what we find is this was not easy, folks. First, it required some strength. I uh, have fortitude up here. Uh, when you do the numbers here on a map, it's at least a five-hour trip. Now, that's probably making quick time. And you're not talking about a luxury vehicle. All right. And notice how her comment was. She told them to hurry up. Go. Don't stop. Don't slow down. i got to get there. This was a serious issue. And so what we find is this took some strength on her part. I find it interesting. She didn't fall apart. Praise God. She didn't fall apart. She knew what she was going to do. And she went to God. And it took strength. But it also took some patience. Don't you think that was a long five hours? Wondering, what's God going to do? Why did he allow this to happen? Uh, how can I reach him? How can this be worked out? 
And she would have to wait for an answer. I don't know about you, but that's where I struggle sometimes, waiting for answers. Uh, it's nice to, when you pray and you receive an answer immediately. But God doesn't always answer immediately. There are times He makes us wait. He wants us to wait. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And those are times we just got to wait on the Lord. And trust that He is still going to answer the prayer correctly. So I want to encourage you this morning. Here's the encouragement from this. Take your problems to God. Take your problems to the Lord. Uh, You can choose to hold on to your problems and just let them sit within and fester. Uh, Only that's going to happen there is the problem probably will not be fixed and it will just create more issues in your heart. Take the problem to God, whatever it may be. If it's similar to what this woman is dealing with, go to God with that problem. If it's something else, uh, take it to the Lord and allow the Lord to have it. And then wait on God to work. All right, wait on God to work. This woman could do nothing else. This was now beyond her control, beyond her power, beyond her abilities. And so she had to wait on God. And that's what I want to encourage you to do is wait on the Lord. And that's the determination now. That's what she was determined to do. Determination. Okay, this was not easy. There were many obstacles. I'll start with the first obstacle. How about doubts? Uh, I think any miracle is amazing. But think of this miracle. She's going to ask that God give her son life again. You talk about doubts. I'm sure doubts could have easily crept into her heart. Oh, this isn't going to happen. This has never happened. You see, sometimes those doubts are what prevent us from going to God and asking Him for help. We already give up. We don't think God can provide an answer. We don't think God can provide the wisdom. We don't think He has the power because we just struggle with doubts. It's never been done before. Or, I've never seen it work out this way. It doesn't mean God can't work it out. So I encourage you to set aside the doubts. When you have a problem that you need help with, move those, remove the doubts and just go to God and give it to Him. Uh, secondly, how about the distractions? The Bible tells us it was a busy time here. Notice we find, uh, we're in 2 Kings chapter 4, and it says here in verse 22, And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. Uh, He said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, uh, It shall be well. What we have here is, this is, uh, it's believed to be harvest time. Okay, this is a busy time. You have uh, her husband, the boy's dad, out there working, trying to get the harvest in. He's got his workers out there. And she comes to him and says, I, I need to get there. Okay, I'm under the impression she didn't tell him what was going on. Not that she was hiding it from her husband. She was taking this to God immediately. By the way, what, what could he do? He couldn't heal the boy. He was busy working. So she's going to God, and she says, I have to go. So here's the thought here. The distractions didn't stop her from going. You know, there are a lot of distractions in this world. A lot of things that can keep us from going to God. And they're not necessarily sinful or bad as far as what we would look at and say that's evil or wicked. They're just distractions. Uh, I'll give you a few examples. I enjoy technology. I like computers. I like having phones and tablets. I enjoy getting online. But I tell you what, online can be a distraction. I have had times where I decided I was going to look something up. And next thing you know, I have read five different articles. None of them bad. They're just interesting. And I've spent almost 40 minutes just sitting at the computer when I only plan on spending five. 
I was just distracted. Had all of a sudden I wasted time just reading things that uh, really I probably forgot half the stuff I read. I just thought it was interesting at the time. Those are distractions. There are a lot of distractions in this world. We've got televisions, we've got radio, you've got internet, you have all sorts of entertainment. We're not lacking for entertainment in this country, by the way. There, there are so many professional sport uh, things out there. And once again, I'm not saying any of those are necessarily bad. We just got to understand there are a lot of things that can distract us from our service and our, our life or walk with God. And what we have to do is say, hey, if this is a distraction, I just need to set it aside. I have to go to God. Now, when you have a problem, there can be distractions too. Sometimes a distraction may be an individual. They may look and say, well, uh, it's too late. You can't go to God with that. Or they might try to discourage you, maybe on purpose or not even on purpose. And there are times you may just say, no, I'm going to go to God. I need his help. And I need his assistance in this matter. And so that's what she did. Make sure you remove the distractions and go to God. And then as far as the direction, she was determined to find Elisha. Okay, and she went uh, to find him. So these obstacles must be removed. And that's what she did as far as uh, her determination. Now this morning, let me give you a thought, moms, and those of you with children, even if you're not a, a mother, maybe a dad today. Your faith... Your faith. That's what we're talking about here. She had faith. Okay? Her faith is what's driving her now. What I mean by that is her son has died. His lifeless body still in that, inside that home. The only reason she's going is because she believes she can get an answer. She's being driven by her faith. Let your faith drive you to pray for your children. Okay? Let your faith in God drive you to your knees and pray for your children. Pray. Pray for their well-being, spiritually. Pray that they'll come to know God as their Savior, and they'll live unto the Lord, and they'll dedicate their life to God. Whatever career He takes them down, pray that they'll be a Christian and that they'll love God. Pray for their health. Pray that God will give them wisdom. Pray that God will give them strength. Pray for their lives. Now, it doesn't have to stop there. You can pray for others as well, but this is Mother's Day, so we're going to focus on moms praying for your children. Let your faith drive you to your knees or let your faith encourage you to pray for God. Set aside those, those distractions and lift them up in prayer. Now here's my last point here this morning. I want to talk about the practical faith here. Okay, The practical faith we find in this woman. Let's look again at verse 26 of this chapter. She's made this trip. She's on her way in uh, as far as finding Elisha. And it says here in verse... Uh, We'll go back to verse 25. It says, So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel, and it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. So here's the thoughts I want to share with you and as we get ready to wrap this up this morning. And this is where it comes down to. This good woman had what I would call practical faith. A faith that she put into practice. Not just talking about, but that she lived by. And that's what we would call practical faith. Now, Elisha saw her coming from a distance. And you notice he suspected something right away. Just, this doesn't look right. Why is she coming? Why is she by herself? Why, why isn't her husband with her? Why is her child not with her? And so he suspected something. Have you ever had that? A phone call? You know, some phone calls at certain times, you're wondering, okay, what's up? hope everything's okay. Or a knock at the door at a certain time of night, you may wonder what's going on. There was something amiss as far as Elisha was concerned. And so he, he sent his servant to find out what's wrong. And 
the request was, is your husband well? Is your child well? Is your, is your son well? And notice her response. She said, it is well. It is well. Now think about the circumstances. Her son had died. She had taken his body and put it on the bed that Elisha had stayed in when he would passed through. I don't think she was expecting the the bed to do anything. That was just her way of understanding. Now previously Elijah had healed a, a boy that had been placed on his bed and maybe that was due to that understanding that I'll put him here and I'll go find Elisha. Then she closed the doors. She made sure nobody else knew. But folks, that, that's a tough burden to carry. That would be difficult to hold back. That would be hard to come and, and to look and say, it is well. It is well. And, and then you think about her husband. I'm under the impression he, she didn't say anything yet, but eventually she would have to talk about how he would take the news. She said, it is well. He's out working. And then herself. She says, it's well. It's well. And that's what I want to talk about next. Notice the confidence that she had in the Lord. That, that's what this comes from. Okay, I don't think this was just something she's lying about or saying. I think what we find here is a statement of confidence. This woman believed the Lord would make things right. Okay, she didn't know how. She didn't know what God would do, and she didn't demand anything. She just believed God would work things out and that He would make things right. And so, because she believed that, she could say, It is well. It is well. This is the same thought the Apostle Paul had in the book of Romans. Turn over with me if you would, or if you're taking notes. I'm going to read uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I'll read in verse 28 this morning. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. Let me read it again. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. You know, that's an excellent verse. For some, I know it's a favorite verse. It's a verse that you you look at and say, you know, God's called me, I'm part of His family, and when things aren't working out, I don't know how God's going to work them out, but I know He's going to. He's going to work Everything out for good. Because he's God. He'll take care of that. It was a late R.A. Torrey evangelist. Uh, they used to say when something would happen in his life that he couldn't explain or didn't understand, that he would often just make the comment, it's one of those all things. And others referring to this verse, it's something God's going to take care of. I don't know how, but he'll take care of it. Maybe this morning you have some things in your life that are like that. Some of those things that have come up that you don't know what to do with. You don't know how you're going to handle it. Uh, God can take care of it. Trust in Him. And that's what she was doing. Even though this was written years later, she had that same principle in her heart that she was trusting in the Lord. And so, evidently, she believed God would keep His word. God is the one who gave her her son by miracle. She believed God would sustain him and keep him because God was good. And she believed all was well. Even though the circumstances said otherwise. Okay, Uh, did you catch that? The circumstances said everything's terrible, everything's falling apart. But in her heart, she said, all is well. That's because this woman, by faith, looked beyond her circumstance. Uh, That's what we have to do, folks. It's so easy to live by what I would call sight and just focus on what's happening right here in front of us that we forget there's a God in heaven. There's a God who rules and overrules 
There's a God who's in complete control of all things. And if you're saved, He's your God. You're saved, you belong to Him. And so look beyond your circumstances. Look to Him. And understand that He's got a plan for your life. There's a purpose to what's happening at the moment. And you may not see the end. You may not understand completely, but He does. And just trust in Him. And so she was able to look beyond these circumstances and to look upon the Lord. You know, the Bible tells us, Jesus Himself said, all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. So this morning, I want to encourage you to have confidence in the Lord. Find strength in God because He's in control. And because He's God. Uh, As far as moms this morning, uh, think about the confidence you can have in God. And think of the moments you can say, hey, it's well. It's well. How about when the window is broken in the front yard from some kid who decided he's going to throw a ball through it? You can say, it's well. How about the report card coming in and you're not liking the the view of it? You can say, it's well. God's going to work things out. How about the attitude uh, that sometimes comes with kids as they get older? As parents, you can say, it's well. God's going to work. Or how about some of the other issues that come in life with children as they grow up? Their own problems, their own concerns that as a parent, you can do nothing about. Well, you don't have to worry. You can take them to God and you can say it as well. God is going to work. Pray for the spiritual health of your children. Pray for the, the physical health and pray that God will bless their lives. And so we find confidence here. And then the final thought I have for you this morning is the calmness. This woman was incredibly calm all the way up until the point she got before Elisha. And then she got, fell down and, and prayed that God would bless. I believe this was a result of her confidence in God. I truly believe that. You see, she trusted God, so all was well. She trusted that God would work, so everything would be taken care of. You know, in her mind, her son was well. It is well with him. Now, that's an interesting thought a little bit here. Let me give you a thought on this. Parents, if you have children who passed away, if they were infants or younger, I think you could say this. It is well with them. Well, you might miss them, but it is well with them. They're with God. If you have a friend or loved one, anybody that knew the Lord when they passed away, you can say that same statement. You know, it's well with them. I may hurt inside. You may be heartbroken, but you can say it's well with them. Because if they're with God, they're well. They're fine. They're okay. And and in a sense, that's what she was able to say. She said, it is well. It is well. And then, of course, she's going the other side too, knowing God or trusting God to provide a miracle. So she was hurt, and that's okay, because the peace of God had settled into her heart. That's not saying she would no longer hurt. Obviously, she was hurting. But she had that peace that God was taking care of things. Let me give you an illustration of this. In 1721, a gentleman by the name of Horatio Spafford, Horatio Spafford began on what we would call... A moment in his life that was tragic. It began with the death of his four-year-old son in 1871. By the end of the year, uh, he was ruined financially. He lived in Chicago and the Great Chicago Fire took off. Uh, he, had an, he was a lawyer. He had invested many, much money into property and pretty much lost everything. So he had lost his son at the beginning. By the end of the year, he would lost pretty much most of his finances. Began to put things back together. He was a Christian, loved God was saved under the ministry of D.L. Moody. Well, he agreed to go help D.L. Moody in England 
is what he agreed because D.L. Moody had sailed over there, was doing some preaching and teaching, and so he agreed to go help out. Uh, and in 1873, he made plans. And he sent his family ahead. They had made plans to sail across the Atlantic. At the last minute, business called. So he sent his family ahead. He stayed behind. Uh, out in the middle of the Atlantic, the ship hit another vessel, and it went down. Uh, his four daughters died in the accident. Only his wife lived. She made it to England, and she sent back, uh, it's a famous telegram is what she sent back. All it said was, let me find it here. She put back, she said, saved alone is all she put. And he knew instantly what that meant. She was the only survivor in his family. Of course, he grieved, and he set out instantly to cross the Atlantic to be with his wife. And as he sailed the Atlantic across there, he came to the point where that ship had went down. And they said that his thoughts and his heart just took over. He began to write. And he wrote the song that many of us sing today called It Is Well With My Soul. And the first verse says this, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. He wrote those down. He wrote several verses. When he got to England, the Songwriter Philip Bliss put it to music, titled it, It Is Well With My Soul. And from that point on, that song has been an encouragement to Christians. But I thought about that man. The peace of God had just come into his heart, where he said, It is well. It is well with my soul. You know, this is the peace people are looking for today. Maybe you're here this morning, and this is the kind of peace you're looking for. Uh, Some look for it within. You're not going to find it within, by the way through meditation or anything else, you're not going to find that peace within. Uh, All you're going to find, you're going to find like I found, which is just a sinful sinner within. Uh, There's no peace. Uh, You're not going to find it in this world. Some turn to alcohol and drugs just to kind of overcome. Uh, Some turn to other sources. But there's no peace in this world that's going to give you peace in the heart. The only place you're going to find this peace is from above, from God. That's it. And you find it to begin with, accepting Him as your Savior. And then just what I would call submitting to Him, trusting in the Lord. You see, this peace comes from God. And so in closing this morning, I ask each of you, of course moms on Mother's Day, you think of your children as you raise them, and the directions they go or things that they do. But every one of us, I want to ask a few questions. First, is it well with you this morning? Is it well with you? Do you have confidence in the Lord? Maybe you're here. Maybe you're saved and you're going through a difficulty or trial. And you've just been shaken a little bit. There have been some doubts have come in. Or some other things, some distractions. And maybe this morning you just need to say, you know what, I just need to give it to God. I just need to trust Him. So I can say, you know, it's well. It's well. I'm hurting still. But God, I'm going to trust you. And here's the last one. Are you content with God's will in your life, with where He's taken you, with what He's given, with what He's provided. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today, and be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.